You're listening to Miss Understood Podcast, where we are setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall Sabraki, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, wife, and U.S. Navy Lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. What's up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I'm so excited because I have new and dear friend, Kat Kettebeck on the show. Kat, thanks for being here. Of course. I'm so excited that we, we've been talking about this for so long. So I'm finally, I know. I'm so excited to finally be able to, you know, make this work with you. I think we talked about it before we were even like actual friends. Like when we were just like social media friends. It was going yeah. back and forth in the DMs. Yeah. Our mutual <laughs> friends, Lauren, yep. batch night friend of mine was like, you got to follow Kat. Like you two are so similar, cut from the same cloth. So we started following you and saw what you were doing with your business and everything. And I was like, oh, just come on my show. I meet so many yeah. like future besties by coming on the show. And then we just became friends. So this is even better. Yeah, I know. It's been awesome. It has been awesome. And I feel like our circle has grown since I met you. Through you. You're like the networking queen. (laughs) I just love human beings and particularly good women, human beings. That's my like bread and butter. Like when I find good women, I'm like, you will be my friend now and you will be my friend now and you need to meet my friend now. So it just keeps growing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a lot of love in like the circles that you bring together. Even when we're just getting started, the first dinner that I ever went Mm. to with you, there was like 15 girls there. And I'm sure you've dealt with this. Like there's so many women and I think the world that maybe aren't confident in what they're doing or they look at other women as threats. And so that, you know, that manifests into negative behavior or being catty or being not nice, mean girls, things like that. And there was none of that. Like I walked into that room and every single one of the women that I talked to, I was like, wow, I could actually be friends with you. You are doing so many cool things, way different than what I'm doing. It's very diverse, so many different walks of life. And multiple of those women, now I have gone on so many little like girl dates with, and it's all thanks to you. Yay! Oh, that (laughs) makes my heart sore. And that's like exactly my intention. And a big reason why I invited you to that empowerment dinner without having met you before that, I knew selfishly, I wanted to start connecting with more women in the influencing space. Like we all have something to add and it's not necessarily like, oh, what can she bring to me or how can she add to my life? I think we can all mutually benefit from each other's Mm -hmm. skills and talents. And so for you, like, I was like, I think one, you being a subject matter expert in this field, what we can like jive, we went to brunch, we chatted, we both love it, obviously, but this is only going to help us continue to grow and build our individual empires, you know, by being friends with each other and not competing and truly helping each other. So it was like a little selfish in nature, but I was like, if I bring her (laughs) on my team, I know that I'm going to become a better person and like better at what I'm doing. And I feel like I have stuff to add to you as well. So like I said, it's that mutually oh, beneficial piece. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because every single thing that somebody experiences it, they're experiencing it through a different lens, right? So how mm-hmm. I perceive things, how you perceive things, what you take away from a situation is going to be different than what I take away from a situation. So I could meet 100 influencers and every single one, 
All yeah. of them could have 100,000 plus followers. They could have been doing it for 10 years. They could be experts in the content creation space. If you are an influencer with a big following, you probably are. And every single one will have something, even one thing to offer me mm-hmm. that I didn't see it that way. I haven't experienced it that way. I haven't experienced that thing yet. And they're like, hey, just so you know, when you get to this stage in your career, or if you have to, you know, overcome this hurdle, here's how you navigate it. Because every single viewpoint is so different that there's Mm -hmm. so much value in having a big network of friends that are in the same industry, especially influencing. It's kind of lonely Mm -hmm. because it is a solo Mm -hmm. career type industry. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been lucky. I have the agency. So I have somebody like Olivia to where I can really piggyback ideas and do things like that. But for the most part, you're by yourself. So it's really great to find other women or men. It doesn't matter who it is, but other content creators that understand what you're going through, understand the struggles and they can share their struggles and be vulnerable because you guys can learn from each other and just honestly accelerate each other. Totally. And we're all in this space of content creation because we enjoy it. Like, yes, because I feel like this, you start to set really, really good boundaries for people who don't enjoy it. They'll step away from it, you know, and most of the time you can tell people who are posting every day and building their personal brand. It's truly because it started all with passion. You know, no one like pulled, downloaded Instagram in 2010 and said, I'm going to be an influencer. There was no influencers in 2010 when Instagram first came out. We all just kind of built the plane as we flew it. And just mm-hmm. like you said, every single time I go to any of event with fellow content creators, I learn something. And it's so mm-hmm. cool because we're all doing this differently, but yet we want a similar result, right? We want yes. to reach our audience. We want to reach more followers. We want to spread a message. We have a brand. So that's why I think, you know, you and I, we're going to dive into some personal branding tips. Yeah. But first, I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. I'm going to ask you, First, how you even got into this space being CEO of your own agency here, Innovative Influence, like that's incredible. I'm absolutely blown away by your story. Thank you. And then part two of that question is what do you think is most misunderstood about personal branding? Okay. So part number one, how did I become my own CEO, the own founder of my company? Yes, so a queen. little bit of a bit. <laughs> it's still so yeah, crazy. When I, <laughs> anytime I say it out loud, I'm like, well, I did that. Yes, girl. So how did I do it? Well, my background was in broadcast journalism. I was a sports journalist for the NHL. I did a little bit of MLB. I had my own radio show, iHeartRadio. So I had a very in-depth so cool. background in the broadcasting Literally world. Literally so cool. Casual. And you know what? <laughs> and you know what? They're all different forms of content creation. If you take a step back, like it does not matter if you're a broadcaster, if you're a sports or if you're a news anchor, if you're an influencer or if you're a UGC creator, they are all different forms of content creation. So I guess yeah. you could say I went to school for content creation because that's really what I went to Mizzou to do was to really refine all my my tools in my toolbox so that I could create really cutting edge pieces of work or content that was, you know, focusing on the athletes that I was working with, the celebrities I was working with, whatever that looked like. So I did that for about three and a half years. I moved from LA. I went to North Carolina. I traveled a ton with that. And then ultimately I landed back in Chicago when I started working for the Chicago Blackhawks. And the cool thing about being young in the broadcast industry is that a lot of my colleagues were much older than me. I covered a lot of ground in a very short amount of time. And even though I kind of always felt like I was behind the eight ball because of my age in the broadcast world, 
it mm-hmm. gave me an edge because I, number one, I was in a room with people who were way smarter than me. So I learned so much and I got so yeah. tough with when I was told no, I didn't look at it as a negative. I didn't take it as a personal attack. I was like, okay, I need to get better at this. This is how I'm going to do that. So every single time that I was getting criticism on my quote unquote content that I was creating, I would take that and I would apply it actually to my social media. So I started documenting my social media or on my social media, I should say, all of behind the scenes of game days at the Blackhawks. I would do, hey, I'm getting ready to prep for this interview with with Patrick Kane. Like, what kind of questions should I ask him? And it was very interactive with my audience. And that was really where I started to grow on social. So I learned a lot, not only from the corporations and the brands that I was working with, but also from the people that I was putting all of this content out to. And to your point, this is back in 2012. Like being an influencer, yes, there were some, you know, like the OGs, but there were not what it is now. In my head, my goal was never to be an influencer. It was to just do the best job that I could do as in what I was doing. So I did that. And my producers and my directors, they always noticed what the social media aspect that I was bringing to the team. So they would give me little projects to actually run or do little one-off projects for the official accounts of the Chicago Blackhawks, the Carolina Hurricanes, Big Ten Network, iHeartRadio, 103.5 Kiss FM, wherever it was. So that was where I really entered the room as sort of this content creator, social media manager. And I did that at all of the different places that I would go. And at the end of 2018, I ultimately decided to step away from the broadcast industry. I just wanted something that was a little bit more structured. If anybody's ever been in broadcast, you know that it is very all over the place. Your hours are late nights, early mornings, you work holidays. It was just a lot. So I kind of got burnt out on it, decided to take a step back. And I got snatched up by actually (laughs) such a full circle moment. I was a bartender at a Mizzou themed bar in Chicago when I would come home for the holidays when I was going to Mizzou, the owner of that bar had followed me on social media, was a huge Blackhawks fan, noticed that I was no longer working for the Blackhawks, DM'd me on Instagram and said, hey, I have a new concept for a restaurant. And I see that you are really good at social media. I would love to run the concept by you. Can we go to dinner or to lunch, whatever it was. So we get food. He's telling me about this concept. It was an amazing concept. It was really philanthropy driven. And I had just lost both my grandparents to cancer and it was working very closely with Lurie's for pediatric cancer. So it was something that just really touched my heart. And when he explained the concept, he was like, do you think you could help me market this on social media? And I kind of looked at him and I'm like, yeah, but I've never done this before. I don't, I mean, I have, but I haven't not to the degree that you need, like you got to think this man, he's a, a huge entrepreneur. He owns one of the largest hospitality groups in downtown Chicago. At that time, I think they had 13 or 14 restaurants in their portfolio and they had never done a dime, never a dime on marketing, Kelly. How insane wow. is that? Like, you have all these super successful restaurants and you've wow. never, ever done marketing. So oh he knew that gosh. this concept was going to be awesome. Wanted somebody that was young, that was hungry and that was cutting edge that could come in and really bring it to life in a digital world. And so I told him, I said, yeah, I would love to be a part of this. Let me know how I can help. And I left that meeting really thinking that it was kind of going to be like a freelance opportunity, like where I would just make content, maybe consult with whoever they brought in to do their marketing, did not know that he was going to offer me a full-time job to be their social media manager for that concept. Well, that went so well that I ended up becoming the director of marketing for all of their restaurants. And so that was one of the most critical moments in my career because I got 
pushed into water when I didn't know how to swim. And I learned so much. And that is one of the biggest things that if I could tell anybody, people always ask me, how did you start your company? You can plan, you can plan, you can plan, you can plan, but you don't know what you don't know. And there are so many things about being a business owner, about starting your own side hustle or starting your own venture that you are going to learn experience as the best teacher that you can ever have. I have learned more since I've just started my company, dove headfirst into that role than I ever did at Mizzou. Treasure my time there, very appreciative of it, but experience is the best teacher. So don't overthink it to say, oh my gosh, like, could you imagine if I would have been like, I've never ran an account of this size. I've never done this as my full-time. I can't do this. I would have turned down that opportunity. And then I don't even think I would have had innovative. I would have had innovative. I wouldn't have had the confidence to do it. So it was really cool. I worked there for about a year. Actually, I think it was a year to the day. And we were in a board of directors meeting and the owner made a comment. He was like, I keep telling all my friends, you can't have our social media girl. She's mine. And honestly, that just like flipped the light bulb in my head to be like, wait a minute, other people are noticing that I'm good at this. How could I, because what was happening was they were expanding their restaurant group and I was still a one woman show. So my pay wasn't Mm. going up. My hours were going up. It was just a lot on me. So when he said that, And it just reinforced that I was good at what I was doing and people Mm -hmm. were recognizing it. That was in demand. And I was like, wait, what if I did this for small businesses that can't afford big agencies? Because it's really, you're in this weird, before COVID, you were in this weird boat where it was like, you either had an in-house social media manager who would maybe come in like once or twice a week and it was very small scale, or you had a big agency, which was thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. But like, what about in the middle? What if you just want to hire somebody to just take care of it all for you, to do all the strategy, to make sure you're growing, to execute? What about those people who can't afford 10 grand a month, but they don't want somebody that's in high school and doesn't have proven experience, right? So Mm -hmm. I saw that. And I remember at the time telling my family, like, would it be crazy if I just quit and I started my own agency? Like, I already have a couple... I had started reaching out to other business owners in Chicago and just saying, hey, if I decided to go out on my own, would you be interested in being a client of mine? And I had like four or five that right off the bat said yes. So I marched into HR and I quit. I just said, hey, you know, thanks so much for the opportunity, but I'm going to put in my two-week notice. I'm going to pursue other endeavors. And I was so blessed because the owner of that hospitality company actually supported me 100%. He took me to breakfast and was like, I understand why you're doing what you're doing. And actually, if I was you, I would do the same thing. If there's anything I can do to help you accelerate even more, let me know. And it's like, those are the type of people you want in your circle. If you surround yourself with good energy and you put positivity out there and you are just operating from a place of service and not, you know, give me more, give me more, it will come back to you. So Mm -hmm. quit my job. This was legitimately like end of February, 2020. March 2020 hit. And that was when COVID hit and the world shut down. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just made the biggest mistake of my life. I cannot believe that I just did that. And again, instead of self-defeating myself, negative talk, negative beliefs, I decided to take that time and just sharpen my toolbox, figure out how I was going to make it work and hit the ground running. And that was when I leaned into personal branding. And if I had not reached or leaned into personal branding, I don't think I would have been as successful as I was because that was the first place that I stopped was, or I started, I should say, was my own social media to say, hey, I am now doing this for small businesses. If you are interested, here's what I'm offering. Here's how the results that I've gotten for my previous employer. Here is how I can help you. And I just started little by little putting it out there on my Instagram. 
And as soon as I started talking about it, people started responding. And that ultimately told me that I was in the right place at the right time. And I got this huge influx of clients within a month. Like my first month, I had nine clients. It was insane. Oh my gosh. It was so cool. It's amazing. Yeah, it was. I was so blessed. I'm so blessed. But I mean, you got to think I've never owned a business. I didn't go to school for business. I don't know about admin. I don't know about taxes. I don't know about HR type things. I didn't have all the systems set up. Like I had so much to figure out on the fly that it was like sink or swim. It's almost like when it rains, you better catch as much water as you can. A drought's going to come eventually. And that was kind of the mindset that I had. So I just tried to learn as much as I could. Um, You know, I priced myself very, very low so that I was appealing to people. And it was also setting expectations, right? So like, if I do make a mistake, hey, you're only paying, you know, 400 bucks opposed to $4,000 per month. And people were really great. They were really understanding. They worked with me. And so I just leaned in more to the Instagram. Then TikTok came on the scene and I completely blew up over there on TikTok. TikTok changed the trajectory of my business. And ultimately, I ended up adding coaching, courses, mini courses, speaking endeavors, adding multiple employees. So it's been such a cool journey and I've learned so much along the way. Wow. But yeah, yeah, that's a very long answer to your very short question, but that's how I got to Innovative. Um, Something that is misunderstood in the industry, I think piggybacking off of what I was just saying, you have to have it all figured out and planned out to succeed. Mm -hmm. There have been so many times that I've sat down and I've tried to put together the perfect plan for either a client or myself. And I swear, I spend more time over analyzing all the fine details and being like, ooh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I post here? Should I lean into this? Than actually executing. And you actually overanalyze, you overthink, and you become underproductive. And so the biggest thing that I could say is- I feel that so much. Just get started. Just get started. It is scary it is going to feel uncomfortable. You are going to doubt yourself. There are going to be times you're like, am I good at this? Should I be doing this? Am I an imposter? I'm not meant for this. Those are all natural things. Like when you feel uncomfortable, lean into that because you're doing something that's going to change your life, literally. So that's the biggest thing that I could tell anybody is you don't have to have it all figured out. If I would have waited to have it all figured out, I would have never gotten my job at the Blackhawks. I would have never been on iHeartRadio at 20 years old. I would have never been the director of hospitality and I would have never owned my own company because I was not ready for any of those positions. I jumped in and I learned on the fly and thankfully it worked out. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned when you're talking about your business was just experience. Like experience is the best teacher and people reach out to me constantly. Kelly, how did you build your brand? How did you build your social media? How did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I always immediately when they ask me that I sit back and reflect on 2017 Kelly. I remember the moment I took my profile off private and (laughs) like just literally had no plan, but I just started. And it was, again, you were talking about like the response you got from clients or followers. I just started getting these like responses, you know, Hey, like I really love when you share your journey in the military and pageants. Hey, like, thanks so much for your empowering words about do both. And I was like, huh? And I just had no <laughs> idea that that was like, like a brand. listening to me? <laughs> literally zero. Like, wh- what an idiot. Like, literally yeah. had no idea. And, uh, and then again, tuning into that, I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to keep showing up. I'd get my 100 likes, my 100 likes, you know, mm-hmm. like, sometimes 75 likes. This is before you could hide your like count, you know, but I get my hundred likes 
I the got Gen made Zers fun of. will never understand. They'll never <laughs> understand. I mean, I definitely got made fun of. I got questioned. Hey, like, what are yeah. you trying to do? Like, hey, what's up with your social media? But I just kept doing it because it truly was exciting for me. And yeah. I didn't know what a brand was. I didn't know what a platform was. Literally none. And so now I feel like we kind of went through the trenches of like navigating yes. this world. And so I'm happy to give back those tools I learned along the way, but it just started from ground zero, like 100%. 300 followers. I remember having 300 followers. Yeah. I have worked with so many clients who they'll come to me and they're like, I really want to grow. And I tried and it's not working. And I'm just so frustrated and I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm done. And I get it. I do get it. Especially when, and I actually recently made a TikTok about this because it really ruffles my feathers. You hear so many experts nowadays where all they do is preach. It's the easiest time to grow on social media. It's the easiest time to go viral. And it is easier to access the information that you need totally. to start moving the needle. It is not totally. the easiest time to grow or to go viral on social media. When you tell somebody that something is easy, they are literally going to think, oh, I don't have to put mm-hmm. a lot of effort into it because it's easy. Totally. Rolling out of bed in the morning or you know, going to sleep at night, that is easy. You growing mm-hmm. your brand is not going to feel like you're going to bed every night. You posting once or twice a week and saying, oh, that was easy. You're not going to get the results that you want. So it's just setting totally. that expectation so low. And then people self-defeat because all they're being told is, oh, it's so easy. It's so easy. They show up. They do the bare minimum. They don't get the results. And then they are consuming all this content, hearing how easy it is. And then they feel right. crappy about themselves because they're like, wait a minute, why are you saying it's easy? Why is it so easy for you? It's not easy for me. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Right. Wrong. Like it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of effort. And every single influencer that you follow, whether they have 100,000, 500,000, 5 million followers, every single person started from zero. Nobody signed into Instagram with 5 million followers. Nobody. Alex Earl signed on to TikTok with zero followers a year ago. She started at zero. So Yeah. When you show up consistently, when you operate from a a place of purpose, that's going to radiate. That's going to attract people. Your energy is going to speak for itself. And so people oftentimes will write those things off and be like, again, they'll overanalyze all the fine details of, oh, my caption needs to be perfect. Oh my God, it has to look this way. I have to post that. I got to hop on this trend. No, operate from a place of purpose. That's what you did. You operate from a place of purpose. You talk about your own experiences with the military, how you can do it all, not both, all, like you do it all. (laughs) You do podcasting, you do modeling, you do pageants, you are a wife, you are a friend, you are a networker, you do it all and you talk from a place of purpose. And so that attracts people because you're being authentically you. If you were watching other military creators and saying, oh, you know, Kat, the military account is doing X, Y, Z, I need to copy that you're not operating from a place of purpose. You're being reactive to what you're being served. And so it's not going to attract the same type of people. Yeah. I would replace this like word easy because like it's literally not easy. I literally spent two hours making a post today and people are like, oh, like, isn't it so? And I'm like two hours, probably more than two hours to make my posts for this evening, like two hours of my afternoon. Yep. But I would replace easy with there are more resources. Yes, 100%. There was not reels no. when I started. I mean, there wasn't even reels in like 2020. There were, I literally grew 10,000 followers from my little grid posts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but in my little grid posts and my hashtags, like, that's how I grew to 10,000 followers. That, I, 
we were struggling out there and now Same. reels yeah. one reel go goes viral and you get 10,000 followers I'm like yes great but yeah just there circle. are more opportunities and resources exactly exactly finger. that's and the that's only exactly thing that's gotten easier why I think it's important we have this discussion so people can learn what those resources yes. are and mm-hmm. how to use them because again I get this question all the time and I think this is like the 2023 version in a year we'll have to reconnect because there's, there's going to be something new <laughs> that's going to change oh, it yeah. another platform another change. thing another tool yep but Let's okay. So I'm going to start with one of mine, and I'm curious if you've thought about this. Okay, is this a do or a don't? Is this that where is we're a going do. With this? So okay. I only have do's. Well, actually, no, I have one don't. So this is one of my do's. So I'm going to wrap this all into one. Do have okay. a really clear bio photo. Yes, really, really clear face, personality, yep. approachable, and in, that encompasses your bio on your profile. So. People overlook that as part of your personal branding, but that is the Mm -hmm. first data point when people come to your page. I think stats show that people will know within eight seconds if they're going to follow you or not. I was just going to say that. You know your stuff. (laughs) Boom, boom. I'll take it as a compliment coming from the CEO. But literally, and I reflect too because I'm the exact same way. So you need to have in your bio, because it's obviously very concise, who you are, what your top interests are, what you're teaching your audience and basically what your followers are going to gain by following you. So what were your followers gain? Obviously you gain a follow. That's cool. But like you need to use those buzzwords and like searchable words of what people are getting from you. So like, for example, for me, I'm always like teaching confidence tips, Chicago, you know, lifestyle, newly wet, like I fearlessly feminine, like I kind of changed the verbiage around But if I was fashion only, I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. fashion, Chicago lifestyle, you know, I would have those buzzwords in there so people look chic on the fly. Exactly. And then you could understand that you would know, hey, she's probably going to show me 10 second reels of how I can go from grungy or like grub life to glam in five minutes from carpool line to dinner with my husband. You're just setting the expectation. Yeah. So building upon what you just said, that was on my list. Also (gasps) using SEO the way that you should be in your bio. So Instagram is constantly in conflict or in competition with TikTok. And TikTok is very, very, very SEO heavy. They are competing with Google. That's their own lane, but TikTok and Instagram are in competition. So now Instagram is really leaning into SEO. Your bio is so SEO friendly. So think about keywords. So say SEO for the for the beginners. Search engine optimization. So if somebody goes, okay, so beginners, if you go onto Instagram and say you are trying to find a 10 minute ab workout, you're going to go into the search bar and you are going to type in 10 minute ab workout. And so Instagram algorithm is going to go to work on all the millions of profiles that it has. And it's going to be scanning captions, hashtags, usernames, or not usernames, excuse me, names on Instagram, not your username, which is your username is your handle. Your name is what you see under your profile picture and then your bio. So you really want to be thinking of keywords that your target audience or follower is going to be searching to find somebody like you and try and incorporate at least one or two of those into your bio. So if you are, Mm -hmm. say, a social media manager, you could do like helping small business owners grow and monetize on social media. Okay, so now I have small business owners grow, monetize social media. Those are four key words that somebody who's looking for a social media expert 
would probably be searching. So you really want to make sure that your bio is optimized. And the other thing are your highlights. Okay. People write these off all the time. This is part of that upper third of the page that people first see when they come to your page. Yes. Yes. So you want to make sure that number one, you keep those updated. People don't need to see something that happened 367 weeks ago. They just don't. It's so (laughs) outdated. They also don't don't need 30 highlights. Okay. Your top five should be your five content pillars that they can expect your content to be centered around. So again, we're going to just use the example of 10 minute ab workout. Okay. So if you are say a fitness instructor, your first five highlights should be workouts, say maybe gut health, because that plays into your health overall, maybe healthy recipes, and maybe like workout outfits. Okay, so that tells me that I can expect that you're going to be posting about those four topics. And that just cognitively is setting that person up to expect a certain type or caliber of content from you. And then they can easily say, yep, that's the type of content I want, or no, that's not interesting to me. But the likelihood of somebody scrolling through 40 different highlight covers, I'm sorry, people don't care that much. So just clean them up, make it concise, make it easy to digest, and you will see massive results. But I do also agree with you about the profile picture. Yay. Green check. Green check. I have a couple things on that note. Number one, the highlights that's so powerful, something that people definitely don't utilize. And I selfishly, like people, I think along the way, like, yes, my profile has changed to be a little bit more professional-ish in, you know, content creation-y but it's still like my personal page. So like Mm -hmm. I have highlights that are for me because they make my soul happy, you know, wedding planning, like I'm not a bride anymore. So that's not like part of really my brand. Yeah, exactly. But I have all of that like in the far, far right. So my first five highlights are always what's most applicable to my brand because that's what people will see first. And I do spring cleaning like Every quarter, I would say, if not every like three months, I'll go through my highlights and be like, that doesn't need to be in there that anymore. That doesn't need to be in there anymore. And I recently tried to do a collaboration with um, a restaurant here in Chicago. And they literally were like, not interested. You still have highlights from like 167 weeks ago See? under you Chicago to- restaurants. Yeah, And I was yep. like, dang, that was kind of mean. But I was like, okay, I need to go through and like clean up my (laughs) Chicago restaurants, like, you know, highlight for them. So people definitely look at that. No, they do. And plus, it's a really great way too. if you are a personal brand trying to use Amazon storefronts, like to know it, if you have a product that you're trying to sell, plug those links into your story and save them in a highlight so that if somebody has not seen them on your story, but then they're a new follower, and they're going through those overall highlights. They go through those, they have the links at their fingertips and you have a higher chance of actually making a sale. And then the other thing I really like that you said that I wanted to reiterate before we get into your other tip or your next tip is you use the words like in your bio, helping you to blank or teaching Mm -hmm. you to blank, giving tips on blank. Like those are, again, things that you're providing to your followers so people are very clear about okay, her brand is clearly fitness and she's going to be teaching me how to balance fitness with loving a good pasta carb night. Like, you know, you can have those yes. like things in there, those cute little quirky things, whatever it is, but ultimately you're you're teaching your follower something. A hundred percent. Okay, Kat, what do you have for us? You have to operate out of a place of service, honestly. Nobody yeah. knows who you are. If it's not, if they're not your friend, 
They're not your like family. That. You are a stranger to them. I know it sounds harsh, and I tell this to some of my coaching clients. I'm you are a stranger. <laughs> you you're a stranger like to it. them. So, like, if I walked up to you on the street and you were just like, "Hey, I have a program. Do you want to buy this?" I would look at you and be like, "I don't know you. I don't know yeah. why I need your program or why I need your service." Like take me to dinner first, you know, sort of thing. So you have to operate from a place of service before you start asking people to buy, you know, buy your program, go to your links, join the the group, whatever that looks like. Okay. So piggybacking off of that, I would say you really need to create sticky content. So this is something that has to do with your content. I don't and know what this means. I'm so excited. <laughs> what does okay, this so mean? Sticky content is, it, maybe I made this word up, but that's what I call it. So sticky content is something that keeps somebody coming back because they know that they can get some sort of value from a piece of content that they have already consumed. So for example, say you are a, a hormone gut expert and you are creating a hormone health recipe book. Okay. You create a 30 day series on your Instagram of 30 days of hormone health recipes. Now, Kelly, you stumble across recipe number three. Now you use that recipe. You save it. You reference it while you are, you're cooking at home. You love it. You go back to that profile because you loved whatever they served you, whatever value they provided for you. You loved it so much that you said, Ooh, I want to try day two, or I want to try day four. This is sticky content. It's something that is highly valuable. You're not asking them for anything, but they are sticking to you because they love what you are providing for them. And series are the best way that you can provide this way. That's so smart. And something (laughs) I can't believe I never thought of. So that's because I just recently, like literally a month ago, I was thinking about when people do things in parts. Yeah. Like just like what you're so talking powerful. about, they'll be like, they'll Scaries be like up to with, so powerful. yeah, how to wear your hair with bangs part one, how to wear your hair with bangs part two, how to curl yeah. your bangs part three, like literally. And then I will, I will keep going back. I'll be like, Ooh, how do I keep doing my bangs yeah. every day? Cause because you, bangs. I don't know. Primed. They've primed yep. you to understand, Hey, I am an expert in this specific topic. I'm providing wow. you with, you can, you don't even have to do 30 days. You could do 10 days, but you give them a number. Or you say, hey, I'm going to teach you the seven steps to plan the best wedding. Okay, great. I'm on step number three and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. You take some sort of tip from that content creator and now you're like, wait, but what about step number four? Oh my gosh, I didn't even consume step number two or number or one or two. I got to go back. I got to get that content. So it's just operating again from a place of service, creating a lot of value, giving it to somebody, priming that audience so that they can come back to your profile because they can expect something that's going to add on to whatever they've already consumed. That was so good. I cannot wait to hear your other tips. Yep. This is the difference between self-taught and CEO over here. Okay. So I, Ooh, I have a tip as well. Okay. Let's hear it. Pinned posts that, you know, you can like pin your posts. So you can pin your reels and you can pin your good posts. They really do set the tone for your page. So pin the posts, just like your bio, yes. pin the posts that best reflect your branding. So obviously 100%. you have to already be creating, we're going to get into more about creating the content to, you know, summarize your brand. But when you do have that content, that is, you can go to the three little dots in the top of your page and you can go to mm-hmm. pin this post. And yep. again, that's the first impression. So what I see a lot of people doing, they will pin their top performing posts. And that's like the metric. They're like, 
whatever went viral. Exactly. Yeah, just because it went viral, that. that's great. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. But my viral posts are actually not like my most branded, like authentically you. Exactly. Like they don't summarize my entire brand. So I always go back and I will rotate. I have obviously have three. So I'll always do one with Austin because I want people to understand like, you know, Austin's obviously a huge part of my life. <laughs> you know, I'm a wife and <laughs> he's in so. my entire world. <laughs> so like one, you know, I'm a wife and Austin's my entire life. You're coming to my page. You're going to see a lot of Austin. That's who I am. That's what I do. Two is my do both platform. And then mm-hmm. three, it's going to be some sort of inspiring military centric post because yep. that's again, like a huge part of who I am. So it's going to be my do both platform has a lot to do with being feminine. So that can alter, but it's going to follow that the generic like brand and mm-hmm. so those are the three that I always have penned. Would yeah, you agree? I would say you should always have three. You should have one that sets the stage for why you're credible to speak on whatever you're speaking on. What is your story? How did you get to where you are? So for me, I should have a background mm. story of, hey, this is how I got to be a CEO of Innovative Influence. Here is my storyline, you know, maybe in a carousel or something like that. And then you should also have something that is building upon that, that serves value. Mm -hmm. So that's where if you have a high performing reel or you have a high performing maybe carousel, that's a graphic that is really educating them on one of your overarching niche points that you're going to consistently be creating content on. That should be in there as an example of this is the type of value you can expect if you follow me. And then the other one is kind of either if you do lifestyle or like you, you have one with Austin, just something that gives a little bit more personality to who you are while also providing value. So I'm sure you with your post with Austin are probably like, hey, I do both. Like you always want to tie in your messaging. And this is a big thing with Instagram is your messaging. And this is where a lot of people fall flat because that's how you're ultimately communicating to people. Yes, we're watching reels. Yes, we're watching or we're looking at beautiful photos, but words are what are going to actually connect with people. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't look at a picture of an influencer in a beautiful dress outside of Michigan Avenue and say, wow, I connect with her. No, we're going to read about her struggle on how she lost her job and how she became a content creator because she had nothing else to do at that moment. And she felt to lean into it. And she took a leap of faith and that leap of faith led her here. And now she's doing this and blah, 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 blah. That's going to connect to her. So you really have to lean into your messaging. I did not realize how valuable this was, even until, yeah. so like, <laughs> you're laughing at me. I look at Instagram like a diary. Like I very much still you at the end of the so day. You do it so well. You really do. <laughs> From a social <laughs> media you. expert, like, I applaud thank you. you. I have always loved writing. I've always, you know, I don't journal. So I literally, and I've always loved photography. I literally turned Instagram like my personal diary and share my journey on there. My struggles, you know, my yeah. confidence building, whatever it is. And so like through these five years I've been doing it, I pour my heart and soul into my captions because it's truly like a reflection of how I'm feeling. And you can't schedule that ish. Like that is your heart and soul, you know, like that is how I'm feeling at that moment. So to circle back, I um, I didn't even realize how valuable that was into this last year. I've had amazing blessing to like visit a lot of high schools uh, across the country recently, a lot of universities and go to a lot of different military focused events. And I've met a lot of my followers. Oh my God, that's so cool. It's so cool. I'm like, you're not just a member. You're like a human being. Well, twice, (laughs) two different occasions and in two different places, I had one girl come up to me at a football game. I was at the Army Navy game. And she goes, 
ma'am, I just love reading your captions. Like they always just come right at the right time for me. Like they are just really inspiring. And they always like literally hit right when I need those words of encouragement. And I was like, oh my God, someone reads my captions. Like I had no idea. And then I've had other people come up to me and they're like, I literally feel like I know you, like we are friends because I like follow you so intently and I followed your journey and meeting Austin and all this. I'm like, oh my God, people feel like they know me, you know? And that's that's what I want. You've told your story from your home life with Austin and your dog and, you know, just living in Chicago to your pageantry career, to your modeling career, to being the military princess, if you will. But like the badass, can I swear on this? (laughs) (laughs) Like you do, you do it all, but you have like taken people through the journey with you. So they connect with you. Like I said, that is one thing that a lot of people, they really forget about their messaging. They focus so much on the content that it's like, but what Mm -hmm. are you trying to say? Say. And again, you can share your story while also providing value. That's something too that I always reiterate to my clients because people, you know, you don't want to be self-serving in the sense of it's like, well, I went through this and this is how I did it. And this is what I learned. And I, me, 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 me. Okay. Nobody cares. I'm sorry. Like you have to serve at some point. So if you say, Hey, I went through this and I learned this. And if I had to do it again, this is what I would do differently. You're giving tangible takeaways. You are offering value because you've been somewhere that they maybe haven't been yet. Maybe they're going through it. And again, you're Mm -hmm. offering them value. So again, that all comes down to your messaging, which is just so critical, especially if you have a brand that you're trying to build to monetize, or you have a business that you're trying to sell things through. Totally. Okay. I have one. I can't remember if it was you or me, but I I know you're going to agree. Because we talked about, this is one of the first things that we talked about at the the empowerment dinner when we started driving on social media. So... This tip has helped me so much, especially for those of you who are starting out and you definitely have a full-time job. Like you don't Mm -hmm. do this full-time. This is definitely something, clearly people do full-time because it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. People ask me how, like, how do you possibly run your social media and build Mm -hmm. a brand while working full-time? It's all about planning and I batch my content. Yes. So what... That I started doing that about two-ish years ago because when I moved to Chicago, I had a completely different job in the Navy and it was super demanding. And I knew I would have no ability to go shoot content on a Thursday or go to yeah. a fun little dinner on a Wednesday or do any of that like live content that I used to do. So yeah. instead, I started planning photo shoots so you can connect mm-hmm. with a photographer in your local area. I would DM photographers in Chicago. I'd say, hey, like how much yeah. would you charge for a one-hour branding shoot? It's for social media content. And photographers, they understand what that means. You're basically just there to get through a ton of different outfits, which is what I would do. And so I would shoot for an hour with a Chicago photographer. I would shoot in four different outfits. I would bring mm-hmm. props. I'd bring my microphone. I'd bring a book that I'm reading. I bring my laptop to shoot little like business content, whatever. That content would last me like four months. You know, I bring my my uniform, whatever it was. and I just did a content shoot together. So piggybacking off of what you're saying, if you don't, okay, say you are brand new, you don't know anybody in photography. You're like, I don't even know where to start to reach out. Reach out to your friend who you feel comfortable mm-hmm. around, who she can take your phone, totally. and she can say a funny joke, and you're going to laugh, and you're not going to feel insecure, 
because it is very normal if you don't feel comfortable in front of the camera at first. Like that is just normal. And especially, you know, coming from a broadcast background, a lot of people aren't comfortable being on camera or talking in front of crowds or talking in front of the Mm -hmm. camera. So pick somebody who you're comfortable with, who's going to bring out that authentic side of you, give them your phone, go somewhere during the day where you have good lighting. So you don't have to pay for any lighting. You don't have to pay for a fancy camera. Just go and have fun. Put a couple of outfits in your car. The amount of times that I've done this is ridiculous. Put a couple of different outfits in your car, drive to a couple different locations and get some shots. The other day, Olivia and I literally rented out a studio for one hour and we were like, okay, the first 30 minutes, you're going to go on that side. You're going to film reels. I'm going to be on this side. The next 30 minutes, I'm going to do these four outfits. You're going to do these four hours. And we shot for each other. And we were just talking about it yesterday. We're like, we can't even possibly use all the content that we got because we got like 600 photos. I got over a hundred reels. I'm like, I can't even use all this because my whole page is going to look... A year, like literally or more forever or more. But it's so helpful Mm -hmm. to have that content stored so that you're not flying by the seat of your pants because when you're operating like that, then you're operating from a place of, oh my God, I just have to get something up. Just put a caption on it, slap a filter on it and get it out there. There's no method to the madness. And then you Mm -hmm. wonder why you're not getting results. Well, you're not getting results because you're not actually following a plan. You're not sticking to your niche. You're not sticking to Mm -hmm. your core storyline or your messaging. And, and the other thing I will say, if you ever do a content batch shoot like that, like you, you do a lot of yellow. I know, I know that I see mm-hmm. a lot of yellow. Branding on your page colors. Like, yeah. Yes. You're yellow. Like for me right now, I'm in the, in the process of starting a fitness and a wellness app. So my colors are going to be white, the aqua color that I'm obsessed with and tan. And so when I went to the shoot, everything that mm-hmm. I brought revolved around those colors with a pop of like lime green. And it was so simple. So if you have totally a shoot coming up, pick certain colors because when you are, you know, configuring your grid, if you have an outfit that's dark purple and then you have something that's brown and then you got something that's pink and then you got something that's blue, you can put as many filters on it as you want. It's not going to look cohesive because you have so many different cool and warm tones going on. It's going to look like a cluster. So if you can just narrow down what you want your colors to be like, then you go into your closet and you look and you see what colors are going to complement those core colors or the three main colors that you're operating off of. And then you wear those clothes in the photos. And I promise you, you're not going to have to do that much editing. Everything is going to flow seamlessly. So when you plan that way, not only does your content creation become easier because you have so much to bat or you have so much batched up, but everything is going to look more aesthetic just because you took that time to plan. And if you have no idea what you want your brand to look like, Pinterest is the best place to start. We do this for every single one of our clients. We create a Pinterest board and we literally create a mood board down to the fine details. Like I was working with a naturopathic doctor and her page was all over the place, all over the place. She's located in Colorado. She's very like rustic. And, you know, she has all these pictures of her and her kids out in, in the fields and with the red rocks and the red mountains behind her. And so we went to Pinterest and down to like, weeping willows and different just, you know, kids, the way that moms were holding their kids in a very like outdoorsy way. We just got so granular with the details that when we went to actually create the content for her, we referenced that Pinterest board and we could create content in a matter of minutes because we had this huge info board that it was like, okay, this is the theme that we're going for. Now Mm -hmm. we actually have something that we can operate off of instead of just saying, oh, I think this is going to look good. So again, just taking that little extra time to plan. Plus my next tip, which builds upon yours, when you have stuff batched up, it allows you to be consistent. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've worked with clients and I've even done it for myself 
where somebody comes to me and they're like, Kat, I'm creating content that's better than this influencer who is so big, but I'm not getting the traffic. And I'll take a look at their content and it is really good content. And I'm like, okay, your content's great. I will give you that. The difference between that influencer who has 200,000 followers and you, it's not your content. It's your consistency. You see Mm. the amount of posts that they've done. They have 1,400 posts on their page. You have 70. There's a difference. That is their grit, their blood, their sweat, their tears, the late nights, the hustle by themselves, the changing in the back of cars. They've put in that sweat equity. Whereas I'm not saying you have not at all, but you haven't done it to the caliber, to the level or extent that they have. The only thing that they are doing different. I have seen so many times where two creators start off at the exact same place. They're creating the exact same content and one starts to slow down and trail off and the other one Mm -hmm. takes off purely because one was consistent and one was not. So it's such, I know it falls on deaf ears all the time because people are always like, what's your biggest tip for growth? And when I say consistency, I can just see like the disappointment in their eyes because they're like, everybody says growth. Okay, can I have another like hack or how can I hack the algorithm? I'm like, I promise you, consistency is 100% half of the battle. And consistency totally. does not mean plant does not mean posting every single day. It means totally. showing up consistently as much as you yeah. can for your lifestyle. So for you, I know that you mentioned when we were at the dinner, you had said, I think you post three times a week, is it? Or four times a week? Yeah, that's my goal is three times a week. Actually, okay. I'd say on average, three times a week. Okay, so on, on average, average yeah. three times a week, you're showing up. That's not seven days a week. That's not right. unrealistic, but that is realistic for you and for your lifestyle yeah. so that you can still have that work-life balance. You know, you don't want to be a slave to social media. You want to still right. be able to disconnect and to go out and to enjoy your world and the actual world, not just the digital world. So whatever, however much you can show up while providing value, if it's only three times a week, that's perfectly fine. I legitimately took a client from 3,000 followers to 17,000 in two months. And we only posted for her three times a week. But every single post was so highly value-driven, so savable, so shareable that she Mm -hmm. got those insane results. Because every single time we were showing up, we were providing so much value that people were waiting like, ooh, I wonder what she's going to post next because that was so great that then we would come back you know, two days later, we'd post again, it would be very valuable. And we would get those results. So you don't need to post every day. That's not what consistency means. Those two things are not correlated. So I've learned a couple things along the way. One, like, just like you're saying, quality is way better than quantity. And so not last year, but the year before. So 2021, I was Again, huge job shift, difference in time, ability to produce content than 2020 and before. And so I was just like desperate. I was like, okay, like, let me just get a post up. Let me just get a post up. And I felt all this like anxiety and pressure, like just to like keep my head above water and feed to my audience. And so I would post, you know, maybe three times a week, but my posts were not engaging the way they used to be. They were not providing my audience what they used to previously. So I was not growing at all. It was a complete flat line. And then I took a step back and I was like, you know what? This is not my full-time job. I'm going to post when I feel inspired. Because I can tell. You can kind of tell in your soul when you got like a really good post. You're like, ooh, I'm excited. You're literally excited. So I was like, I'm just going to post when I feel really inspired, when I really like the photo, when I really like the reel, when I really like the message. Shifted gears to quality. And that's what I did in 2022. 
I grew 60,000 followers in 2022. 60,000. I remember Lauren telling me that. She was like, she's growing like crazy. I'm like, what is she doing? I need to talk to her. (laughs) Posting less, but posting quality versus that quantity. Because again, I tuned into, you can tell like one, you can look at your insights and see what those top performing posts are. So for me, utilize them. Utilize them people. Like people were loving my, you know, again, they always like the photos in uniform, but they love, if it's not photo in uniform, it's a powerful message. I'm talking about do both or something really, really relatable. I'll also say not, I want to go down this rabbit hole, but I stopped using any sort of filter. I stopped using filters in 2022 skyrocketed. And the reason why like Instagram, like stopped giving me filters. Like, I don't know why I got banned from using filters. I heard that they were going through like a pilot at the beginning of 2022, where they like potentially weren't allowing filters anymore. Yes, because something something with actually was facial tracking is what they were doing. So what they because what was happening was it was something with law enforcement. And I don't remember the specific details of what state it was, but there was some sort of case in a state where somebody posted something that was going to be related to some sort of case that they were trying to solve. And the detectives could not make out whose (gasps) face it was because there was a facial filter on it. So Instagram said, we are going to do our part and try and make our community safer. And so they ended up disabling all face altering filters for, I want to say it was about six months. And then you got the option to bring them back. And now you can go into your settings. You could turn them back on. But yeah, I remember when that was a thing. I literally don't know how to turn them back on. But I also like, I I, I actually like, here's the thing though. Again, like I always reflect on like what's working. I swear it's just that that relatability factor. Like anytime I- you know what I mean? So like mine is like filter free. And I think people, there are times I show up, I'm completely grungy and I look disgusting, Same. but again, <laughs> use good lighting, whatever. Yeah. But that definitely helps with like the quality. And, and then something lastly, else that I want to add really quick. You actually mentioned this when we were at the women's empowerment dinner. This is piggybacking off of content batching and consistency. A little tip that you told me that you do, and I have been doing it and it has been game changing. When you are on the train to work, when you are walking your dog, when you are out to dinner waiting to get seated, if an idea pops in your head, take your phone out and put it down in a note. I have a note on my phone now of legitimately like 50 plus ideas. When I, I've noticed Yay! that when I walk my dog, I get filled with ideas. So anytime that I just have a random idea, because what I used to do is it would pop in my head and I'd be like, okay, I'll do that for sure. I won't forget that. You'll forget. We all get busy yeah. in our own lives. And then we yeah. go to create content and I swear half the time that you're creating content, half of the time is spent just trying to scrolling through Instagram. Think, what's trending? Think. What should I do? Oh my gosh, let me get totally. inspiration. Let me see an example. No, cut all of that out so that you can actually yep. optimize your time and get more out of the time that you're spending. Just go back to the note where you already have all of those ideas just yep. waiting for you. So thank you I for sharing that. A, you're very well. That wasn't even on my list, but since you mentioned it, I was showing Olivia the other day, like go to your notes, create a folder. I have a folder called social media. And I oh, have I love two things. I have like, literally, I'm not even joking, like 70 captions already written out I because they're usually I was like, spurred what? from like captions? something. Literally, but this is like years. I mean, years and years and years of me writing these captions out. They're usually stemmed by something about how I'm feeling in that moment. It'll yeah, come from the experience. middle of a workout. Yeah, I'll be in the middle of my workout. And I'm like, I'm thinking so heavily about how, how did I save money for my wedding? Boom. I'll go into my caption, yep. like five ways I saved money for my wedding. 
next day I'm in a meeting and someone says something really insulting to me and I'll go to my notes after the meeting and I'm like, why is it so hard as a female to get your word in at a meeting in a room full of men? And I'll write my little caption out and it's kind of like, you know how they say like never send an email when you're mad? I will put my thoughts and my feelings into these captions and then I'll go back when it's time to post and I will derive my message and my brand from that. Like these are my thoughts and my feelings, but also like a more simplistic thing. I'll wait. I literally wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, Ooh, a good transition idea is this. And I'll write that down really quickly. Yeah. And Austin's always like, what are you doing on your phone? But it's like you said, you have this bank, a bank to do that. Yep. I have like 115 notes now. It's crazy. I know. Literally, it's so easy to do. (laughs) So to circle back on when I was talking about how I grew last year, again, the quality versus the quantity to wrap up this bullet point, if you are not producing, so if you're taking, if you're just posting every single day, posting every single day, you are going to lose more followers because people are going to follow you when they see your posts, right? So two things are going to happen when they see your posts. They're going to be like, wow, that was really good. I really got something from that. Or that was a really beautiful photo or really aesthetic, whatever. Mm -hmm. Heart it. Or they're going to say, I don't really like that. Why am I following this person? And typically go to your page and potentially unfollow you. And so I noticed I started gaining and keeping my followers because I had started posting less. And I was posting that quality when I was showing up to it. Now I will say, just because you don't have quality doesn't mean take a break. Because I've also watched several, several friends who were like, oh, I'm, I'm not inspired. I'm not inspired. I'm going to take a break. The algorithm yeah. incentivizes you, those who are creating. And they're going to be yeah. boosting that content out. So it constantly like boosts my content out because it knows I'm a creator who's always showing up to the platform versus my friends who take two months off. They had just as many followers as I did. But now their posts aren't getting boosted out anymore because they took a two-month, three-month, six-month break. So just keep showing up. That happened to me on TikTok. Really? Same. That happened to me on TikTok too. Yep. That happened to me on TikTok. I was growing like wildfire over there. I had like five videos that went super viral, all diving into social media strategies that had grown our client accounts, all the, you know, hot topics and hot button topics that everybody wanted to know. And I was posting every single day and I just got burnt out because I was going way too fast, way too quick, or I was going way too much, way too quick. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take an entire month off. And I stopped when I hit 64,000 followers. And there was a creator that was at 15,000. And she continued to post, even though she wasn't posting as much as I was at that time. She continued to post, I think it was like four times a week. She's at like 250 followers now. And I have been sitting at 64. I finally re-got back on the saddle and TikTok just won't push me out now. And I've had, I mean, luckily I use the nice thing about when I work with a lot of clients is they'll say, how do you know this is going to work? I test everything on my own social. Like my social is the child that I put up for sacrifice. I'm like, okay, just try it over here. It's fine if it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I try everything on my socials. So, you know, there's good and there's bad. It's really frustrating that I don't grow as fast as I used to. But the good with that is I have learned all that has changed on that platform and that Mm -hmm. the content that I was once posting is not what is working over there. And the one nice thing when you are posting a lot consistently and nothing is really working, something will eventually hit and then you will be able to look back and learn from that. 
every single totally. post that you post is a learning opportunity to see, okay, totally. Is this real too long? Did I not use trending audio? Was maybe the caption fell short? Maybe this posting time is not my optimal time. My audience isn't active. Maybe they don't care about this topic. Maybe I could have approached it this way. My hook was weak, whatever it might be. You will be yeah. able to learn so much and you're not going to learn until you just start doing. Yeah. 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 To mention posting time. So important. I actually didn't even have that on here, but I post every day at 7 p.m. Or when I do post, I post at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. My followers they are going to know that now about me. <laughs> Everybody get on the platform in three minutes. <laughs> and in three minutes, because I literally have a reminder in my phone because I'm posting tonight. And I had tried, like you just said, it's trial and error, right? So mm-hmm. there have been moments when I'm at the doctor's office at noon and I'm like, oh, I have a second. Like, why don't yeah. I just post now? Falls flat. And I tell like, this yep. has happened to me like 10 times where I'm like, oh, like, this is a really good post. It's going to do just fine, Kelly. Post it yep. now. It's like that devil and the angel on the shoulder. And so I like post it, falls flat. If I post it in the evening, my audience is engaged in the evening. Most people are on their phones in the evening. You know, they're busy during the workday. Yep. But that 7 p.m. works for me. So like find the time yeah. if you're like a morning poster or an evening poster or whatever it is and be consistent. 100%. And a keyword consistent. That is something that we did a mini training or I did a mini training for this group of social media experts that I'm in. And we had Maya Nichols was the one leading the group. And she was sharing all these different tips. Now, if you don't know who she is, she has, I want to say over 300,000 followers on Instagram. She is an Instagram expert. And she actually had a direct meeting with Instagram itself. And they gave her a whole list of five tips that they said, these are the things that we would recommend you do if you want to grow. And one of those things was to post at the same time every time you post. So to your point, you post at 7 p.m. every night. Oh my God. You probably are rewarded for that because that is something that you like. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, But again, like you said, trial and error because I... It really is. And don't take it personally when things flop. That is like the biggest thing. I have seen so many of my coaching clients, they get so, so, so hard on themselves and they take it as a personal attack. And it's like, in reality, Mm -hmm. the algorithm doesn't know who you are. Half the people, more than half the people on Instagram or TikTok don't know who you are. These are strangers. This has nothing to do with you. It's not personal. It's not personal. When people take themselves out of the equation they are able to succeed way more than when they're operating from a place of like, oh, well, people just don't like me and nobody cares what I have to say. No, people care what you have to say, but you're running a, you are running a business. If you are a content creator, you're running a business and you have Mm -hmm. to figure out how you can optimize your services, which your services is content creation. So whatever Mm -hmm. that means, if that's optimizing your SEO, if that's changing some things with content creation, it's not personal. So continue to show up don't let the naysayers let you, you know, stop your momentum. Keep going because you are only going to learn by doing. Yes. And that was one of the things I have on here is when you're building your brand, let's actually listen to your followers in your DMs and... Oh, and polls, poll questions. What are people asking you? So this is such a simplistic thing, but I saw this I follow a lot of social media coaches and I always like struggle to come up with podcast topics. And sometimes I struggle to come up with like captions or like what, how to should I do like this week or whatever. And consistently I get DMs, Kelly, like how do you manage your time? Kelly, what makeup products do you use? Kelly, like these are the consistently questions that I get in my DMs. 
And mm-hmm. so I wrap those up into podcast episodes. I'm like, okay, I've gotten this question 10 times this month. Like yeah. this needs to be a podcast episode. One of the reasons why I started my podcast is because I was getting not just like weekly, like daily, someone messaging me about what are your tips Something. to get into the Naval Academy? Yeah. What are your tips to get? That's episode six out of literally a hundred episodes. I have episode six. So right when I started my podcast, that was something I talked about because so frequently I was asked that question. So yeah. again, go to your notes, jot yeah. down those questions you're constantly getting from followers. And like that's yep. content right there. You know, literally, and then obviously that's how my, the app that I'm working on, that is how it was born. I love health and wellness. I've been a gym junkie for a decade, literally a decade. I am obsessed with healthy living lifestyle, all that stuff. And both times that I prepped for Miss Illinois USA, you know this, you did California and you know what those preps look like. I never worked with a trainer ever. I always trained myself and that was one of the biggest things. And I just did it because to me, it was a challenge and it was fun. And I loved just getting creative in the gym and figuring out what would work for my body. And I cannot tell you how many DMs I get all the time from girls. How did you lose the body fat? How did you stay lean? How did you do it without cutting carbs? I am a huge proponent of do not cut out food groups. Do not cut out all of your favorites. It's about balance. If you cut all Mm -hmm. those things out, you are going to rebound. You're not going to have good results. They're not going to be sustainable. And so I was getting so many questions about that, that finally, I literally put a poll question up one day when I was at the gym. And I was like, everybody keeps asking me about my workouts. If I created a PDF, would you guys be interested in it? And I had 170 women say yes. So I opened up a link the next day for early sign up for a 30 day summer shred. And I said, okay, I will put all of my workouts in a PDF and we could do this together to get ready. It's actually launching next week. And I already had like 72 women sign up for it. And this is nothing that I promoted. This is nothing, but it's something that people kept asking me for that I Mm -hmm. have been missing out on this for so long because I've just been discrediting it. I'm like, oh, every, uh, they're just asking because I don't know, like my abs look good yeah. today, you know? Ah, like, yeah. Or I looked good at when I competed and whatever. I had a lot of pageant girls that would ask me because I had one swimsuit. So if I had just listened to those questions and started serving my audience and creating things around the questions that they were asking me, this could have been a different, another business a year ago, you know? And everything's yeah. about timing. So I'm glad that it happened now. But if you listen to what people ask you, more totally. oftentimes than not, it's usually about something that you are very passionate about and you just don't mm-hmm. even realize that you can make it You're into like, what? a side yeah. hustle or you can make money from totally. it or whatever that looks like. Like I have totally. had so many clients create businesses out of some of the most unique niches that they never thought that they could monetize. My mom, for example, she's been a, a professional dancer her whole life and she loves country music. She started country line dancing, so niche, so unique. And she was like, I want to be a country line dance instructor. And everybody kept asking her to teach. And she's like, I guess I'll do it. And she has a group now of over 2,500 people that travel and follow her. And she gets hired by all these venues. And it was because people kept asking her for it. She had no idea how she was going to make money out of it, but she operates out of a place of purpose. And so it radiates and she gets those results. Totally. Totally. I love that so much. Okay. Do you have any other do's and don'ts for us before we wrap things up in a quick little nutshell? Let's see. Do's and don'ts. The only thing like don'ts, I'll just, you know what? I'm just going to like rapid fire these off for Instagram. Rapid fire. Let's do it. Don't post without a plan. If you don't know your target audience, you don't know how you're going to provide value to them. You don't know what your journey you're taking them on or what story you're telling them. 
How is the algorithm going to know where it needs to push your content? If you can't get clear on who you're talking to, how can you expect a robot to get clear on where to push you? So don't Mm -hmm. get frustrated when you don't get results because you don't have a plan. Posting about multiple different things, I think that's something that a lot of people start to struggle with because, again, a lot of people are multi-passionate and that is fine, similar to you. But all make everything tie back to one or two core messages. So yours is, I can do it all. You can do it all. You can be feminine and you can be the military military princess. That's your new nickname. Military princess and the (laughs) pageant girl and the podcaster. You can do it all, but you have one central message that ties them all together. It's the Mm -hmm. military princess as a podcaster, the pageant girl as a military you know, person. They are how they work together. They're mm-hmm. not siloed. When people start to silo, that's when you start confusing the algorithm. You start confusing your audience and then you're probably not going to see much progress. Yeah. And then the other thing that I had on here was just taking Instagram personally, which we kind of already talked on, but just don't yeah. take it personally. Instagram can really play on your mental health. I see this a lot just because I have a little sister and I see Aww. how hard it is, especially when you're a preteen or a teenager and you are constantly comparing yourself. Comparison is the thief of joy. Just don't do it. Don't take it personally. Show up, operate out of a place of purpose, be social. It is social media, like get offline, create relationships online to get offline. I always say that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And just have fun with it. Have fun with it. It is not supposed to make you stressed. It's not supposed to make you anxious. Like, yes, there will be days, but if you're so anxiety ridden because you haven't gotten a post out today, you need to like take a step, reset the mental, you know, the mental capacity and just understand that's got nothing to do with you. You are literally playing with a robot. So just have fun with it. I love that so much. It's such a beautiful note to wrap up this over an hour conversation, which I knew it would be a long one. I literally (laughs) knew it would be because we're both so passionate about it. But I'd like to say like in a nutshell, I'm going to fire these off and then you let me know if you would change anything or add to anything. So let's go. You just heard our hour-long podcast. You took notes. You're overwhelmed. You're thinking, oh my goodness, where do I even start? I would say, again, what are you passionate about? What are those niches? Like you said, yeah. you know, what are those things yeah. that you stand for that you want to tie into your brand? For me, femininity, military, being a wife, yep. Chicago lifestyle, like those bullet points. Next, you're going to build that brand, as we mentioned, your highlights, your bio, the photos, all on your social media. Next, you're going to batch that content. So you're going to start, like you said, have a friend take iPhone photos of you next time you're looking and feeling really cute. Take the B-roll, grab your phone, take B-roll out in the city or whatever you're doing. Oh my gosh. Maybe set up a photographer. Yeah. Yeah. Putting your phone up on like a counter on your dresser. Like if you're at the gym and just, you don't want to say you're in the fitness niche. You don't want to film, like have a big tripod in the gym. I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. I put my phone on the floor. I put it like on the squat rack and I just kind of lean it and I just get B-roll of me moving things around, picking up dumbbells. B-roll is so underrated. You could get Mm -hmm. so much content from legitimately just living, like just live your life. And set up Mm -hmm. a little camera in your phone in the corner and just get that B-roll. Put some Mm -hmm. sort of text on it that provides some sort of value or a perspective or is funny. And you could have a viral piece of content legitimately just from B-roll. Like B-roll is so underrated. Right. That's exactly... I was going to say next would be adding your message. Add your message to it. So whatever those niche... Yeah. Next, you, you have the photos, you have a content, boom, your message. You're adding it to that content like you just said. And then finally... 
And this is something I know people, it's like for some reason, people always forget about this because they think it's not important anymore. But again, last thing I have in my notes besides captions, I have a list of all of my hashtags. I knew you were going to go to hashtags. I knew it. (laughs) And here's why. So hashtags are not dead. People say that they're dead, but it's just not the only way you can grow anymore. Yeah. It's not the most effective way to grow anymore, but you can still grow with hashtags. It's still useful. It's a way to be found. It's a way to be discovered. That's the best way to to talk about it. Yeah. So in my notes, I have a folder for my podcast. That's a different set of hashtags for my podcast page. Any Navy post I have, I have a set of Navy hashtags. And then I have my like everyday branding hashtags. So in my everyday branding, you can have up to, I think it's 25 hashtags for any post. Mm -hmm. I have hashtag Chicago content creator, hashtag Chicago blogger, hashtag newlywed, hashtag Navy life, hashtag US Navy. I save those 25 and put it in my very first comment. So now you have done all of those steps. You don't have to write out these captions every single time. They're in your notes, safe and sound, copy and paste it. And being in that first comment serves as the same basically the same as if it was in your actual like caption. So yeah, I always thing, ask, I was just going to say like, anytime I do like a brand or a collaboration with someone in Chicago, yeah, I just did one um, with Italy the other day. And I was like, Oh, like, you oh, know, how you saw me? It looks so it's, good. You know, so fun. But especially when it's so like fun. random, like I it's not a referral. <laughs> it's not right. When people just so like good. find me, I ask them how, and they say, Oh, I found you under hashtag Chicago blogger. And I'm like, that's yeah. how you know it's working, right? So- Location-based hashtags are huge. They are highly, mm-hmm. highly, highly undervalued. Totally. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been found under Chicago content creator, Chicago fitness, Chicago yep. S- yep. marketing, whatever that totally. might be. The other thing with putting it in the first comment is it's kind of like opening the door to the party because you never want to be the mm-hmm. first one to po- to comment on a post. But if somebody's already commented, even if it's you, it just like lowers that barrier to entry for other people to hop onto the conversation. The other totally. thing to that is it's actually just helping the algorithm. So if you want to talk about quote unquote hacking the algorithm, that's a great way to do it because you are literally feeding it keywords so that it understands the type of person that you are trying to get onto your content. So if you really struggle with people finding you, that's a really great way to get the algorithm on your side. That's beautiful. And you just (laughs) spurred two more things from my brain. This conversation will never end because we had so much to talk about. But it's going to be so helpful. This is like a master class. Welcome to our master class. Thank you for attending our mini master class. Basically, this is going to be so fruitful. So two things I do is you say you've posted your hashtags in your first comment, let things, you know, let people start chatting. Great. Pin the comments that are going to set the tone for your conversation. So about 30 minutes after I've posted, I have people that start commenting, which is beautiful. But I have someone say, I really love this because, or I have someone say, I relate to this so much because. Instead of pinning the ones where they say, girly, you look so cute or love this so much. Slay I pin the one with a hand emoji. <laughs> right, which we love it. We love the support. But I pin the ones that really are going to create the dialogue because those yes, the pinned comments are what people see first, right? I'm going to steal that, that perpetuates. Yes, that perpetuates that, that conversation. Here we see, go. Going I, back to our point I, earlier, I, we can always learn from always one learn. another. We this is what I do learn. every day and I just learned something. And then my last and final tip for today, <laughs> probably have, I'll think of like 20 more when we get off, but my last and final tip, which you may or may not do this pro tip. So I, I'm okay. going to post tonight, right? Great. I'm yep. going to post tonight. 
I will not comment back on any of those Until you tonight. Go to post tomorrow. And here's the thing. Exactly. When I post, yes, so but tonight, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my previous posts and I'm going to heart them and start commenting yes. back. What does that yes. do? Now, the You're previous post, I'm saying, you know, hey, like, thanks so much, whatever. They're going to click on your profile and now they're going to see your newest one. So you're, again, bringing that traffic back to your page. So that's a pro tip. Everyone wants to comment immediately. Oh, I just posted tonight. The followers are firing up. I want to comment back. I'm not serving them. That's not true. Just because you take a couple of days to comment back to them, that doesn't mean you're not serving them. You're still commenting back to your followers from your old post and driving that traffic back. So that's kind of something I learned. And it definitely works. No, it does work. We do that a lot for our clients. And I love that tip. It's very valuable. You need to open this. You need to have like an opener for this podcast. Like, please make sure you have an entire blank sheet of paper and a pen handy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our masterclass. <laughs> Welcome to our masterclass. Seriously, though, you, thank you so much. I mean, I just thought of some other rapid fire things. Do you have anything else? Like, I know I've squeezed your brain full of information, but... Rapid fire. So I love something that we really utilize at Innovative is dual platform strategies. Instagram and TikTok are so different. One of my Mm. biggest pet peeves, and you can get away with this. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's a pet peeve of mine. Things that work on TikTok typically don't work on Instagram and vice versa. You really need to create for the platform that you're posting to. I understand if you're trying to be time conscious and optimize the content that you have. But there's other ways that you can do that. Like just change things around in CapCut, you know, just create for the platform that you are posting on. TikTok is great for top of funnel growth, brand awareness, really getting your name and your face out there. What we do a lot of the times is we will post a lot on TikTok and actually just direct that traffic over onto Instagram. And that's how we grow a lot of our client Instagram accounts is just through that dual platform strategy. And we're not posting the same thing on both of them. We have things that go on TikTok and then we have things that go on Instagram. TikTok is a little bit more authentic, real, raw, unpolished. It's, you know, walking around with your camera while you're walking your dog and saying, oh my God, three things that I learned today after I got a flat tire, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. Whereas Instagram is going to be a little bit more polished. It's way more aesthetic. It's a little bit more value-driven, polished, professional, all of that. But TikTok is great for really creating that connection with an audience member because you're basically talking to them as if you're talking to a best friend. And it's not that you can't do that over on Instagram, but that's more for like your stories, right? You're not going to pick up your phone and start vlog style talking to it and post it on Instagram. I don't typically see that type of content over there, but that's what's blowing up over on TikTok. So totally understanding what works on both of those using a dual platform strategy. You can grow a lot faster on TikTok than you can on Instagram. I mean, we have grown so many clients to 50, 70, 100,000 followers in a week on TikTok. It would take you so long to do that, you know, over on Instagram. You can do it, but it would take you a long time. Totally. So I just really always recommend having that dual platform strategy, creating for the platform, and then having some sort of sticky content that is going to funnel people back over into your Instagram so that you can have a fallout that will grow your Instagram account. So that's one of the biggest things that I would really say has really helped us move the needle. And then series, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but creating something for 30 days, I know it sounds kind of boring because you're like, oh, I don't want to post about the same thing for 30 days. You're priming your audience to understand what the, the type of value that you're going to be providing them. And you're also priming them to come back and keep consuming. This is the one totally. thing that I consistently see really helping people that are staying stagnant at say, 15,000, 20,000, 50,000, and those that are going from 50,000 to 250,000 in a week. I mean, look at Alex Earl. 
she did this and it wasn't a series, but her get ready with me's, they're all the exact same. That's how she grew up, went viral. That is how she blew up. Like she just That's sat so in front of the camera and all she did was get ready with me, have a strong hook. There was usually some sort of conflict and resolution. And then at the very end, she'd be like, and now I got to go to um, first period and without my book because I forgot it in my car. So let's see how this goes. And you would come back because you're like, wait, I want to see what happened. Did she did she make it to her test on time? Did she go and do this thing? Like she always has some sort of cliffhanger, but it's the exact oh, same. Oh, that's cool. That is exactly how she grew. So series are really, really powerful. And honestly, it takes a lot of the guesswork and the mental work out of your posting for 30 days, which is going to allow you to keep up with the consistency and not get burnt out because you just have something you got to look at. And you go, okay, I am posting about this topic for 30 days. Ready, set, go. You just tunnel vision zone in on that. And that is growing mm-hmm. accounts massively right now. So those would be my two like big, long rapid fires. (laughs) My big, long rapid fires. (laughs) No, super valuable, all stuff that I learned. And, you know, to circle back to your original point, have fun. Like this is all out of passion and purpose, right? Like the reason why people might think social media is superficial. It's really not because a lot of the people who are on there creating are creating from their hearts. Like this is something that matters to them. Fashion matters to them. Modeling matters to them. Fitness matters to them. For me, my platform do both balancing a life in and out of the military. That matters to me. Like that's, they all started from something. So before people say like, oh, influencing is superficial or they're so cocky or they're so conceited. Like a lot of this is stemmed from a personal passion. So if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Yeah. And you can tell the difference between somebody. Again, I keep saying this and I know I sound like a broken record, but you can tell when somebody's operating from a place of purpose and somebody is operating to go viral because they just want to get free clothes or they just want to say, I'm an influencer. Those are the accounts that get stuck at you know, whatever they reach and they just get stuck there. And then they're like, I don't understand why I'm not growing. You're not connecting with your audience. They don't Mm -hmm. feel, you can feel everything is energy. You can feel that. So if you are not operating out of a place where you are enthusiastic about what you're talking about and you're excited about what you're talking about and you have something to share because you have experience in this thing, people feel that and that will affect your growth. So you can definitely tell the exactly what you were saying. You can tell when somebody actually cares about what they're talking about versus I'm posting this because it's trending and I feel like I have to. Right. Totally. Well, thank you. Masterclass. Of course. This was amazing. (laughs) And this is why you're rapidly becoming my go-to girl for all things content creation, (laughs) influencer events, just brunches to jive with this topic. Like, I love Love hanging out with people who can talk about this all day with me, but specifically you being a powerhouse woman oh, and doing everything you. that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Likewise. How can people find you? Okay. People can find me across all social at cats with two T's cats corner. <laughs> well, she doesn't have social media. I'm kidding. Cats corner on Instagram and on TikTok. You'll find more like health and wellness content on my personal pages, which is on that. Or if you are interested in learning about social media marketing and more things like Kelly and I have been talking about on this on this podcast, then you can go to Innovative Influence across all social media platforms as well. Awesome. This is my longest podcast to date. Oh my gosh. Literally in four seasons. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I've always been the kind of person, like if it's good quality, like keep it going, right? Just like we were talking about. So yeah, a lot of tangible tips in this one. 
this was I'm a good go one. I'm going to go back and, and take notes. Literally. <laughs> and this is something that I get asked all the time in and out of the Navy. I have briefed so many people in the Navy about social media branding. Now you can just send them this episode. Be like, this is everything you need to know. Exactly. In 2023, like I said, we'll have to circle back in 20. It'll change. 100%. It will always change. Will. This is it will a flexible environment. But I think this is a beautiful, beautiful message and we to have people get started and hopefully feel confident about their personal brand. So thanks, Kat. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you love, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. The views and opinions presented here in this episode are those of myself and do not necessarily represent the views of the DOD or its components. Appearance of or reference to any commercial products or services does not constitute DOD endorsement and those products or services. The appearance of external hyperlinks does not constitute DND endorsement of the linked websites or of the information, products, or services therein.